Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Welcome back. Hope you're doing well. A really, really important topic today, which I'm going to kick off here in just a second. But I want to take a, uh, a personal moment and uh, say a huge congratulations. And a praise the Lord, by the way, to, uh, to our Father in Heaven. Uh, a longtime friend of mine, and I'll try not to get emotional because this will tell you how much I think about uh, and care about my brother. Uh, Mike Johnson, if you go back to 2005 and the start of Call to Action, which is 2004, when you wade into the culture war and you're going to go after your local government, your state government, you're going to tangle with the school boards, whatever the case may be, uh, one of the things you definitely have to understand is the Constitution, and you better be ready to go to court. Well, one of the things that the Lord has done in this country, which I, I praise him for regularly, is the creation of certain uh, Christian attorney groups, one of which is Alliance Defending Freedom. It was Alliance Defense Fund back then. And uh, back in 2004 and 2005, if you wanted to see who was uh, lining up to be the future of ADF, it was Mike Johnson. And so Mike Johnson was the head ADF attorney for the southeastern part of the United States. And so when I reached out to them to deal with a bunch of legal issues and to get some help, Mike Johnson was the guy and we became uh, uh, friends. And Mike helped us with so many different issues. He's, he's come to town several times. He's spent time with my family in our home and spent the night. My kids know him. Uh, we visit him uh, just about every time we can when we go to D.C. Well, Mike Johnson from Louisiana just became uh, the Speaker of the House today, and my family has been fighting back tears of joy and praying for him. He's the basically the godliest guy I know in D.C., uh, just an amazing individual. He's walking into the gates of hell uh, taking that position, but God has ordained that he takes it. And uh, for such a time as this. So just uh, praise the Lord for Mike Johnson. And, and if you know me and, can, and uh, trust me at all, trust me, he is uh, an incredible man of God, a great family, his wife, Kelly, four kids. <clears throat> and uh, it probably will be a little more difficult to get him to return my text messages these days. But I'll make sure Mike gets back on the show before we uh, get to the end of December. And I'll definitely have him on the podcast in the future. And I've talked to him about Noble U, and he's super excited about that. So it's good to have friends in high places. But pray for Mike and his family and his staff. That's going to be a huge issue and a huge challenge, okay? And, and, the, and the arrows and the darts are already flying. So praise the Lord for that. That's a great thing. So, And I'll, I'll talk about Mike more in the future. Okay, so uh, a couple of months ago, my wife and I, we like to watch uh, documentaries that sometimes are quite depressing. We watched one called Shiny Happy People. Uh, because we've uh, met the Duggar family before. We've been around some parts of the homeschool movement that are, uh, let's say, uh, legalistic on steroids. And Shiny Happy People is about uh, the founder of really a big part of that movement, a guy named Bill Gothard, who ends up basically being a monster. And uh, there's all kinds of damage that's done, including abuse. And so Shiny Happy People, we watched. Uh, I, I would encourage you to watch it because every once in a while, it's very important for us to pull back the curtain and to realize that that even inside Christendom, there are people who are uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. There are people doing damage to the people of God. And so that was Shiny Happy People, which was not fun to watch, but necessary. Then I found out uh, one of our friends at Called to Peace, calledtopeace.org, uh, and they've been a regular part of the show for a while because Joy wanted it that way. And... Um, 
Uh, and but Lauren Rose, then we had this found out that she was actually involved in the whole shiny happy people mess with Bill Gothard and was a part of that. And so we're going to wrap that into uh, here as, at the end of October, Domestic Abuse Awareness Month and Called to Peace. So Lauren Rose, the communications coordinator at Called to Peace, is back in the house. And of course, of course, uh, Joy Forrest, who's the executive director and the founder. Ladies, great to see you. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Make sure you come close to the mic. Joy, did you just say something or did you I not? I did not because everybody else was talking. Was talking. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know where you are. Remember, you don't wait. You just insert yourself. Yeah. Uh, and then it'll be great. So we're going to talk about shiny, happy people a little bit in your experience, because domestic abuse is a part of that story, it Lauren. Is, and obviously this all folds into what God has been doing with called the Peace Ministries over these years, which is really amazing how God has grown this thing. Uh, joy from the first time we met and talked and did radio to where you're at now is it's just miraculous, really. It's shocking uh, I'm share some stats with that today <clears throat> yeah we'll do that my... too so but shiny happy people give us your introduction we got a couple minutes lauren but i want to unpack this because i want people to understand that this can happen inside the body of christ yeah so i actually did not grow up in the iblp ati program with bill gothard as you talked about my family joined it when i was 16 and i became a christian myself at 17 years old had profession of faith outside of it and um became very involved into the IBLP program, chose that. Um, into How would you describe that for a layman? I mean, people deep inside the homeschool world know what you're talking about, but a lot of other people right. don't. Um, well, it was a homeschool curriculum that was written by a man named Bill Gothard with several people around him. And basically it was based on Matthew 5 through Matthew 8. Matthew 5 through 8. And so they used the whole basis, it sounded really great, of education through Scripture. But what they didn't teach, tell you is that it was very legalistic mm -hmm. and it taught a works-based religion of success. Their whole motto was a new approach to life, gar basically guaranteed success. If you do these principles, if you follow this way, you'll have godly children. And uh, we brought in the tension. I actually ended up working, getting diving really heavy into this program. I was selected by Bill to go work for him, and I ended up working um, for their international director. So we worked in, I mean, multiple countries, presidents of other nations. I hosted a man that had one million people underneath him with a Chinese Red Cross. Wow. And so, and the Secretary of the Philippines, and they were impressed with these young people that had all the right answers. I stood up on stage and talked to thousands of people and would tell about my stories of my relationship with my parents and how I apply these principles and how great they were. But what they didn't know is where this would lead me in life as I followed these things and my vocabulary for what abuse was. And as a lot of things they taught was yield your rights. You don't have any rights as a Christian. Right. And it sounds so great because I'm this godly Christian that's, uh, in their mind, dedicating my life to ministry, doing all the right things. But eventually it was just a time of waiting till I got father taken advantage of. And I did by Bill. And I it ended up uh, finding myself trapped eventually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yielding your rights, uh, I, I can I can walk with you theologically on that when I'm yielding my rights to the Lord. But when I'm yielding my rights to other human beings, uh, when they are not intent on loving me, serving me, and sacrificing for me, as I should for them, then that, that, that walks you right into the world of abuse, which you find out later, and you watch whether you watch Shiny Happy People or not, this was a remarkably abusive environment, was it not? Yes, and it was a very authoritative environment. So the ones up top, the parents, Bill Gothard, Bill Gothard, had all the authority, and the ones underneath had no voice. Right. 
Yeah, and when the people underneath have no voice, we have all kinds of history to show you what's going to happen there. And whether you're talking about a Christian organization, a so-called Christian organization, or a completely secular organization, when people at the bottom of the pyramid have no voice, abuse is sure to follow. We're going to keep talking to Lauren and Joy. We've got a lot to talk about with Domestic Abuse Awareness Month. This is Steve Noble. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show, here today with our friends Joe Forrest and Lauren Rose from Call to Peace Ministries, calledtopeace.org, C-A-L-L-E-D-T-O-Peace.org, calledtopeace.org. Domestic Abuse Awareness Month, that's October, and we have some things that we need to consider being a part of uh, and uh, your invitation to be involved. And so once the Lord puts something on your radar screen, and, and I do whatever I can to help that process. But once it's on your radar screen, then it's between you and him. So when we start talking about helping Call to Peace uh, this month and everything they've got going on to raise funds in order to reach uh, victims of domestic abuse, uh, then then obedience is your deal. I'm just going to put it in front of you and in my always delicate, light way. <clears throat> I'll challenge you to be involved. And uh, just remember, you're a steward of everything he's given you. We're talking to Lauren, and then we'll get Joy back in here about a, a documentary, Shiny Happy People. If you're looking on Facebook or Rumble, you look up on the TV screen behind us, and that is, is in fact, the Duggar family all covered up with these little shiny, happy people. Smiley faces, except for uh, King Kong Duggar there uh, on the far right, Papa Duggar. And if you know anything about the Duggars, you know that that family's been plagued by all kinds of problems. It's really sad. I, 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 you should never jump on their grave when you see things like that happen. It could happen to you. It could happen to me. So we need to maintain some grace, even when we're looking at horrific things going on. Like with them, or with Bill Gothard. And if you're in the homeschooling community, especially if your uh, kids are like my, my kids age, if your kids are in their 20s, uh, maybe even to the 30s, you might have been touched by Bill Gothard's ministry in the homeschooling world. Uh, the perfectly performing little kids. That's where you think Duggars. Think of how the Duggars, when I met the Duggars, they were just creepy to me. The whole thing seemed creepy. They were like Stepford wives. All these kids were programmed. They all come out in line. They're all having their little Suzuki violins and off they go. And I'm like, this is just too perfect. And that's not real. Uh, but that's all kind of what was going on behind the scenes. That's what Shiny Happy People is all about. And, and Lauren, you worked for these people. Yeah, I actually met the Duggars at, at, on several occasions in the Bates family. Um, so, yeah, I worked for Bill Gothard. I um, was actually one of the ones that was very favored by him, unfortunately, which means I built a very close relationship with him. Um, and we want to talk more about the abuse. Yeah, what, what is abuse? You've said abuse num- a number of times. What kind of abuse are we talking about in this environment that is – projecting Christianity. It's projecting the Sermon on the Mount. It's trying to create these incredibly well-behaved young Christian kids. But but yet there's abuse. But what kind of abuse? Well, when I first got there, I noticed that he really delighted in beautiful young girls. He had me pray with him and said I reminded him of an old staff girl. He handed me a letter to read. I read the letter and I knew something was inappropriate between him and her. Then I watched him flirt with more young girls. I was like, God, I didn't know what's going on here. And that's when God spoke to me. He said, I've seen everything here. And someday I'll mm. use you in court to testify. Wow, him. man. So I I didn't know what that meant. Um, and Bill Gothard, um, I watched him flirt with me. I was also a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. And he found out. And he began counseling me through that. And his way of counseling me was making me tell details mm. of the horrific things I've been through. And told me that only he knew how to help abuse girls and to thank my parents for never getting me therapy. Because now that I've been abused, him and I are going to bond together and we're going to be used mightily because it's now our ministry. No oh, longer man. his. Yeah. He would make me tell details with his legs spread apart. Then he came in one night um, and he told me I sinned against God 
and being abused, and that's why I feel pain in my heart. It made me get down on my knees and confess my sin in, in that. And then not only that, I stood up. He grabbed me, pulled my hands under his suit jacket, and proceeded to try to kiss me. I froze in that moment, and I began to back away. I went home, and I prayed, buried my head in my pillow, and I prayed for five hours straight, asking God to remove the pain in my heart. And yeah. I heard God speak, and God said, I heard your voice as a widow begging, and your pain is gone. And I've never felt pain in my heart mm. since then. And I kept it sh shoved deep inside, but I feel felt uncomfortable around him. And he knew I felt uncomfortable yeah. around him. So he grabbed my hands and he said, you're a young girl laden with fears because he didn't want me to see what I saw. Right. So I eventually, um, it, yeah, that's kind of what happened. I could go into the story more, but um, I eventually found out there was a lot worse abuse yeah. going on. Yeah, he was a master manipulator, mm -hmm. an evil person, mm -hmm. and a wicked abuser. Yes. I mean, I, I mean, all kinds of abuse. You name it. Yes, and while I connected, I, I will go more into it. I ended up in domestic violence, and we'll get into that. Um, and I connected to the girl that I reminded him of through recoveringgrace.org. Mm. She went to New Zealand and found out he tried to propose to her when she was 21, he was 62. Wow. And so as I came to confess more and, and started getting involved, I got in a lawsuit, found out he was raping people, um, and found out he had done a lot of horrible sexual abuse. And that was that moment that I no longer could stay silent. And I wrote a board, a letter to the board of directors, and I joined a lawsuit. Um, how old were you when you did that? Oh, I'd been 29 years old. And then how old were you when you connected with Joy and called the peace? Um, so I will say once I joined a lawsuit and began recovering, I joined, I went into therapy and began to work through the counseling Bill Gothard gave me regarding the sexual abuse. And as I did, I began to have words for what was happening in my marriage because once I understood that he had twisted that, I began to see that I was also being very, very abused in my marriage and that if this was wrong, then that means that the other things were wrong. So as a good Christian wife, I tried to save my marriage for a yeah. few years. Yeah. Um, and it got really bad. It ended up with some bruises and bruise and um, nobody was believing me. Um, I felt like I just wanted to die and I actually cried out to God um, and I was looking down at my bruise, and I cried out to God, and I said, God, just help me. And I remember God speaking to me, and he says, I've seen everything in your marriage. Mm -hmm. And I knew that when God sees, he's going to do something. And um, the next time I went to therapy, which was in a week later, I was handed Joy Forrest's number, and my therapist told me to contact her, that she would help me. And so I walked into her office, and uh, she showed me the power and control will. And in Bill Gothard's movement, I was taught that I was to be controlled by my authorities and to expect a slap across the face if I disobeyed because that was God's punishment to <laughs> me. It was just a hammer beating me yeah, as a, yeah. a, to beat out the diamond. So I believed that as a godly Christian, it was to take it. It was to be mm -hmm. controlled. And Joy helped me see that that wasn't true. And um, I, I was in marriage counseling with my church trying to get help, and um, I didn't know what to do. I wouldn't have left my or gotten to safety because I was so used to being told what to do by my yeah, church. Yeah. Unless my church got me out, I was going to stay the very end and then I was like that's it I, I don't know what to do so Joy started talking with my church and started spending hours and hours explaining what was happening to them and, and explaining domestic violence and explaining that I'm in trauma explaining that I can't explain clearly what's happening I do um, appear a little bit probably slightly I don't know maybe not crazy but just kind of like very emotional yeah, yeah sure of um, course going through a lot I'm in a lawsuit I've got in a marriage not? I mean so um, finally I told them I'm going to escape within a police escort, and either you're going to help me or I'm calling the police. And they said, no, we just met together unanimously as elders, and we want you to know that although there is men out there who have hurt you and abused you, not all men 
are abusive. There are godly men who let, who will advocate for you and protect you. And we at this church are going to stand with you, and we're going to get you out, and we're going to get you to safety. And so my church did. They got me to safety because Joy came in and was my advocate. Yeah. And my and what we call now church partnership liaisons and intervened and helped me. And that's how I began to heal Yeah. Um, and began to overcome and to find, you know, to really be understand even deeper how I was abused right. in the system. Well, Joy, when we come back from the break, we'll hit the break here in 30 seconds or so. Uh, I'm going to go back to that initial conversation you had with Lauren's church. How did it go at the beginning of the conversation? And then obviously where it ended up. <clears throat> and then the other the other aspect uh, I want to talk about briefly when we come back is while, Lauren, your story is unique to you in so many different ways, it's not unique in a general way in terms of how abuse happens, what happens to the abuse victim, how you cannot see the truth because of the environment you're in, and how you get them out and how you minister to them and how you find healing which is what Called to Peace is all about. Calledtopeace.org is the website. Joy Forrest is here. Lauren Rose is here. This is Steve Noble. We'll be right back. All right, so you need to pay attention. Not all the time are the songs that I play on this show coming in or out of a segment. Not all the time are they embedded with some kind of pregnant meaning, uh, but more often than not that they are. Just like that one. Uh, I've been waiting on a war since I was young, since I was a kid with a toy gun. I, I didn't know that I was heading towards war, but I was. And once you become a believer and a follower of Christ, you are in a war. You just didn't know it. And hopefully you know it now, and not for the wrong reason, but for all the right reasons. And one of the wars that we have to fight is against the evil that sometimes we find inside our own churches. And abuse can be a big problem inside the church, uh, which is why we always have these wonderful, honest, and uh, very difficult at times conversations with our friends at Called to Peace. Calledtopeace.org is the website, C-A-L-L-E-D-T-O-Peace, calledtopeace.org. Joy Forrest, the founder and executive director, is in the house, and Lauren Rose, the communications coordinator. And Lauren, again, thank you for sharing uh, a very difficult story about the abuse that you suffered underneath, not only in your marriage, but with Bill Gothard and all that nightmare and the, and the crazy part of the homeschooling world. But you mentioned that Joy then went, Joy, you went and met with her church. They came to my office. They came to your office. So a little okay. sit down there. So how did that conversation start? So obviously, based on what you said, Lauren, it ended up in a good place where the, where the church is going to protect you and help you. Uh, but how did the conversation start? How did it go? Well, we had about 45 minutes of questioning on my doctrine, my theology. <laughs> and uh, just Was that offensive to you? No, I understood what they were doing. Yeah. I wouldn't go to just anyone. Just checking you right, out. Right, right. Okay. And, um, and so thankfully we'd all gone to the same seminary. Uh, that didn't hurt, I guess. Um, but they had a lot of questions. And then I think what they were trying to see is, are, is this woman like going to be a, di a divorce monger? We're right. going to talk her into divorce or whatever it a feminazi is rush limbaugh used <laughs> yes, to say right. that's right so they ask a lot of questions and then i just explained to them uh that she had been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress and so i 
I said to them, you know, this is something, if you're seeing something in her that looks unstable, it's because she has post-traumatic stress. And it was like I could see the light bulb come on in their minds. They went, oh, just like if you had somebody coming back from war who'd been Mm -hmm. blown up with an IED, that is... They're going to be off. They're going to be, yeah, they're going to be a little bit, um, Seem they can seem very unstable from time to time. So. They were willing. They, they thought, oh, we do need to come alongside and help her. And they they did an, an amazing job. Mm-hmm. I mean, we stayed in touch, and I helped them. They talked through every decision that they made. They called, and we had a conversation about it. So they were really good. They did a great job. Praise the Lord. But on a church-by-church basis, would you say that was abnormal? Uh, back then, it was extremely abnormal. Uh, it was probably one of the first two or three churches that I had seen. I yeah. had been doing the work for 20 uh, well, I don't know how many years at that point, but almost 20. Yeah, yeah. 20. I started in 97. That was 2017. Mm-hmm. And they got it, and I had seen a handful of others. But for the most part, the churches were missing it. They yeah. didn't know what to look for or understand trauma yeah. at all. Yeah, so that, that leads us to uh, Call to Peace in general. So, Lauren, I know you wanted to, to share some some information about Call to Peace and everything that's happened uh, because I, I want people to really understand. I'm not going to assume anybody remembers the last time we were talking about this, but just some information about just how, how, how the Lord has been using Call to Peace, all the things that you guys offer, and then, of course, we'll talk about the special nature of your visit here today with it being uh, – Domestic Abuse Awareness Month. But go ahead and share some of that information because it's so amazing. Yes. So something else that we offer in addition to church support is our advocacy training support, I mean, training courses. So we do 100 hours of training that trains women how to be advocates for women who are walking through. And men. And men. We have men going through it, so I guess I should say that. Men and women that uh, have a heart for this. And so that was started, I believe, in 2018. 19. 19. Okay. Sorry, that was started in 2019. In addition to that, we also have a support group, and we also have a women's retreat that we do annually, and we came here last year and yeah. talked about that, so I give these numbers. Um, so Joy started Call to Peace in 2015, and since then we have served 1,576 women mm-hmm. with advocacy support. 1,790 children have been impacted by the support their mom has received through our services. We have served, listen to this, 1,265 church leaders. Mm, that's so important. They have been trained Man. or served in some way. We have um, had 1,592 women participate in at least one support group. And we have a nationwide network of 250 volunteers, trained advocates, support group leaders, ministry partners. And 229 women have been served through our emergency fund. We have served all 50 states and are working in 11 countries outside the U.S., and we have 2,200 women have attended our women's retreat, and 56 men have participated in our G5 men's recovery group for men who use course of control. And when did Call the Peace start again? 2015. Well, That's we, so funny to me because I don't know really when the first time. We didn't start our services till 2017, so those numbers are from 2017. 2017. On, and really, some we, it, those pro- numbers are short because we didn't really keep a good yeah, amount of, of course statistics not. back then. <laughs> well, I mean, I remember the first few times we did radio, and you were just this well-meaning, big-hearted, theologically sound woman <laughs> with a mission <laughs> that was just out there scraping to see what – there's right. this huge, massive problem, right. mm-hmm. and you're just going to, you know, we're here in Wake Forest or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to hear that, all 50 states, 11 countries, is just mind-boggling. Well, and it's more countries than that that have been served over time, but this is currently. 
So, so take me through the, the the main silos of what Called to Peace does to minister to mostly women, but some men as well. I would say our biggest thing we offer is our advocacy support services, and that's huge. As she was saying, so many women come in this in trauma. You don't know how to explain what's mm. happening in your home. You feel like the first thing most women say is, I feel like I'm going crazy. I, I, if I tell you this, will you think I'm not crazy? Hmm. Will you tell me if this is okay? So we have advocates that, will, one, we give them a consultation. We sit down with them, and we say, Let's look at this and see if this is a marriage issue or is this a domestic violence issue. This is a domestic violence issue. We assign them to our support services where we offer training to help them know how to walk through the court systems. We offer them um, the, another church partnership liaison, which are also trained advocates, to also communicate to their church and walk alongside their church. We help them overcome the massive amount of um, complications they're facing, you know, finding housing. Um, we don't find them housing, but we kind of connect them with resources to be able to um, get to stability with them and their children and to make a choice yeah. to be informed of all of their options so they can make a wise choice for themselves. We don't tell people to leave their marriages. We don't tell people what to do. We say, hey, here's your options. Let's weigh them out. Let's look at these together and decide what is best for you. Enjoy it. It's always been uh, one of the big things that we've talked about over the years. It's just reaching to churches, reaching to church leaders and training them, training them to do what? To recognize, number one, recognize what abuse looks like um, because it, it can be so confusing and counter uh, counterintuitive because when we're looking at abuse, a lot of times the abuser looks way calmer, cooler, yeah, more yeah. collective, convincing, and the victim can look very um, traumatized yeah. or it, she, she seems unstable. So we do a four-hour training with churches. We've been doing them all over the country this year. Um, we've, we've done, I think, twice as many as we did last year, maybe between 25 and 30, I can't remember. But we go into a church and we'll do a four-hour training where we just tell them this is what mm -hmm. it looks like. This is what it looks like. And we have usually a survivor who's helping present so that they can tell parts of their story so that they can really get a good handle on what it looks like. And then we even we talk about it from all aspects, like how do you help a woman who's in, who's in abuse and how do you help a, a, a perpetrator of yeah, abuse? Yeah. So we, we hit it from all angles, and every time we do it, I love it. Somebody always comes up and says, everybody should hear this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, because they're just they're in, they, they don't know what they don't know until we present. Well, domestic abuse, uh, uh, ministering into domestic abuse probably doesn't show up on most of your – seminary curriculums yeah i got 20 minutes in seminary and it wasn't very it yeah. wasn't that informed and we've <laughs> talked about this again because i've always appreciated your forthrightness on it uh in in the church there you know the very first thing you're thinking about is the marriage you'll put the marriage above the person yeah. well jesus christ didn't die for marriage he died for people yes. and so you always have to start with people so it's it's wonderful that that god has opened so many doors and and is it is it tough to get a church to say we need help depends on the church I, I something happened I don't know if the me too movement started this mm -hmm. uh, it's a good point move, moving things yeah. into uh, perspective or even there was the church too movement but in the last four well we had all the domestic abuse stuff and, right. and abuse in general like in the Southern Baptist right. Convention and everything oh, yeah. that happened there yeah. and, and obviously a millennia in in the Catholic Church right. so it's not like we didn't right. And but once it gets on the front page, but like, see, okay. that was mostly sexual abuse. But when right. I read that report, the SBC report, I was I had worked with hundreds of SBC women by that point, and and it was the same story. Mm. They were dismissed. They were minimized. Right. They were they were not believed, and so uh, some that crazy over emotional woman. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but now churches more and more are asking us to come in. They're ready to hear, and I yeah. really believe it's my generation 
that has maybe some of the influence of Gothard or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. My generation has really, they re- we've really missed the mark. Yeah. But I feel like the younger generation, the new pastors coming up, the ones in their 40s, maybe mid to early yeah. 40s, they're going to get it. There's much more better. sensitized to it. Yeah. And then obviously you got to you got to do it correctly. You can overcompensate. Yes, and go absolutely. Because we, yeah. we're good at that. We, we tend to yes. give it an inch, we'll take a mile. Uh, real quick, how prevalent is domestic abuse in the church? Like, well, at least one in four, but we think it's the same as in society, which is one in three. One in three, which we're going to talk about when we come back. Who is your one in three? Called to Peace Ministries, calledtopeace.org. This is Steve Noble with Joy and Lauren. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show, with our friends at Called to Peace Ministries, calledtopeace.org, C-A-L-L-E-D-T-O-Peace.org. I've got the links up on Facebook Live and uh, Rumble as well, but you can just go there. It's super easy, calledtopeace.org. It is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. That's October. You guys have a big initiative going on. Uh, But the name of it is Who is Your One in Three? And that's why I asked the question before we hit the break. Uh, what percentage of women, even in the church, have experienced domestic abuse? And yes, men can too, but we're talking about a massive prevalence of being women being abused. Uh, and you said one in four could be one in three. A minimum. A minimum. So it's, yeah. it's, it's like abortion. Abortion is about 40% adult women in America will have an abortion by the time they're 40. And, and you have this issue as well. So it's a massive problem, obviously. But tell us about the Who Is Your One in Three campaign. Well, um, we are trying to raise money so that we can continue to expand our programs. People don't stop coming to us, and I don't ever right. want to have to say stop coming. Yeah. But it has grown so quickly that we um, can obviously have to raise more and more yeah, money every yeah. year. This year, we have been noticing a decline in giving because we have a lot of widow's mites. We have a lot of people who yeah. give out of their need, yep. and the economy has really hurt. Them. Oh, it's hurt. Yep. Yeah. So we're trying to raise. It's probably my money. lowest giving year in five years. Yeah. Yeah. And we've noticed that. So we, um, we've we been trying to raise 140000 and this is just to keep our um, – programs going and try to expand the advocacy program because we have such a high demand and we've we had almost 150 people on our waiting list but my staff is amazing and they have come up with a lot of solutions for that so we've gotten it down to very few uh, which is a a miracle but we still need the resources to be able to expand it uh, this year particularly as we're growing and god provided a matching grant so there's what is it forty thousand dollars the matching grant that's out there and we're allowed to see how much we've raised so far we've raised a hundred and three thousand oh yeah so we have met the matching grant so we have thirty seven thousand left to raise awesome and so we're just praying joy is such a woman of faith (laughs) and always inspires me and just praying and believing that the thing is i found is this is god's heart Mm. and god desires to take care of his daughters and seeing him provide, I know that he is going to do that because um, he wants his daughters to be served. Yeah, because we've talked about individual support. We've talked about churches. Uh, what about people that can can people get involved as counselors and just being involved in like that person to person ministry? Advocates. Advocates. They can, become, they can become advocates for us. We have. You you like correcting me, Joy? Like, no, I'm just saying. You ask counselors. <laughs> we will not train you as a counselor, but you, I'm sure there'll be, be an some advocate. Peer peer counseling Got involved. It. Yeah, but I um, received that review. Thank you very much. <laughs> 
Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a therapist and you want, you're interested, yeah, the advocacy yeah, course can do be great. Yeah. Or if you want to reach out to us, we'd love to connect with you and, and see what type of resources is you it, offer. Is it ever appropriate for a person that has a loved one, a friend, a neighbor that they think is being abused? Like, what do you do if it's somebody else that you know? I mean, yeah. they could take the advocacy training and just even coming to one of those church trainings, we talk about how you can help and how and what not to do, because sometimes yeah. trying to help, we actually do more harm. Give me some of the what not to do's. Hmm. Tell but, her what to do. Right. Don't tell her what to do. Um, we want to restore her agency. She's had somebody telling her what to do forever. Mm. We don't want to treat it as a marriage problem. We don't want to prioritize the marriage over the individual. Jesus never did that. Right. He said mm -hmm. Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Well, how about marriage? It's not good for a man to be alone. Mm -hmm. And yet, um, I think that we have, we, we, in our culture, the Christian culture that we're in, we have definitely prioritized marriage over lives. I did it to myself when yeah. I was in it. Yeah. It's God hates divorce, God hates divorce, to the point I thought he hated it more than he loved me. Mm. So, um, And therein lies the rub. Yeah. Which is why I said what I said earlier, and I know some people will respond to that, that Jesus didn't die for your marriage, he died for you. Not that marriage isn't important. Marriage is the picture of Christ and the church. All right. It's incredibly pregnant with theological meaning. But a pr marriage is not a person. Right. And you have to remember that you're going to prioritize people over any institution. Right. Uh, just like with church, you got to prioritize the people in the church more than the church. And so it's important to remember that because I think sometimes when people hear that, they're like, oh, you're throwing marriage under the bus. Uh, you're a feminazi, blah, 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 blah. No. You, you, if, you, if that's your response, uh, you need to brush up on your theology because it's weak. Well, the Lord, he comes, he's near to the brokenhearted and he, mm. he loves those who are, yeah. have been oppressed. I mean, you look at the Bible, it talks about oppression. We're not telling women to get a divorce. We're just saying get safe. Yeah. We're saying, you know, God wants you whole. He is calling you to peace. Amen. Um, we're not telling them what to do or that they should go out and get a divorce. In fact, we will work with them, whatever, you know, like if, if. I, I've worked with Permanence View pastors who were walking alongside and did a good job of helping a woman uh, that we ha had, especially well up here. Did you I say Permanence View? Uh, meaning that he didn't define that since you're a theologian. He, yes, he did not believe in divorce, and he told her that uh, we will help you separate. He said, "My belief is that you should not remarry. That is my theological right, belief." Right. But he was in a church that he said there are people on our elder board who believe that abuse is grounds for a divorce so if you decide to uh, get divorced we will support you in that yeah, yeah. so but so he wasn't like a hardline permanence view but he i, I was just uh, so amazed that he was caring more for her and her mm. kids because honestly we've had an exodus of from the churches and a lot of that is because of the way abuse has been handled yeah mm -hmm. well when you got 30 to 40 i mean one in three, one in four women in the church. If that's not handled well, right. I mean, you're running from place to place because you can't find safety and security right. and yeah. help anywhere. And then there's their children, too. Think right. about the children that grow up and watch their pastor not believe their mother. Oh, know man. know that the dad is abusing the mother in the home. Yeah. And then when the mother comes forward, children know that the church didn't side with her and, and took their dad's side. They know what's going on. Those children are not going to want anything to do with church when they get older. And sometimes not even God. They, we yeah. have seen not only the children, but we've seen children and women walking away from the Christianity and God as they see him because their view of him is so warped. Yeah, it's so warped. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why we have to be there to be a part of the process. Our, 
You've been down this road, Joy. You've been down this road, Lauren. Are, are the are the women that you minister to a call to peace? Are they surprised that they can actually find peace? Yeah. Do they think are they kind of hopeless when they show up? Oh yes. I mean, when you don't have peace and you're in bondage, it's really hard to believe there's anything else and right. that you really can heal. The pain is so suffocating. You just think you're going to always feel this way. You're always going to be depressed, always be sad. But I've seen so many women go forth and thrive. So many mm. women that we serve really want to come back and serve other women because they're like, wow, like you, I've been healed. I want to be able to give this back to another woman. And they become advocates or support group leaders and they walk alongside other women and they become filled with joy. It's really cool. I'm seeing this a lot longer than I have, so I'm sure she can say more on that. It's really cool and it's really biblical. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the passages that I've had highlighted for years. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who, verse 4, comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. You become a steward mm -hmm. of your affliction and your healing. And then you are in a unique position to be used by God to minister to other people, which is yes. exactly what you were just saying. Yes. Yep. And it's so redemptive to be able to take your story oh, and man. see God use it for good and realize, yeah. wow, the same comfort, like joy, the same comfort that God gave her, like he gave to me and other women. And, and to see God like heal them through that. It's like, mm -hmm. wow, God, that's so neat that those same words that, that give life to me gave life to somebody else yeah. and yeah. pass it on. Sounds like the gospel to me. Yes. All right. Who wants to go first? Just inviting everybody watching, everybody listening, people that will catch podcasts or whatever later, inviting them to partner with you guys. No. I, I don't need a go you don't ahead. need a pamphlet. You don't need some bullet points. Yeah, this is this is what God's called you to. So call other people to it as well. Well, if you have a heart to help those who have been oppressed, because honestly, that is God's heart mm -hmm. throughout Scripture. He talks about oppression over and over again. Um, we would love for you to partner us partner with us in one way or the other you can give financially at our website there's a little pop-up that you can't get past <laughs> um, you can you can x out of it but we hope you won't we hope you'll give um, and then we would love to have you just join our email list and so when you go to the website go to the about page or the contact page and there's a place to sign up for our email list and that way you can stay in touch with us to learn about our events our upcoming retreat and also um, in th on the menu on the website, there's a place that says join us. And so you can click there to learn more about becoming an advocate or a support group leader or whatever. Uh, is there anything else under that join us tab? There's a, you can become, oh, you can join a support group yeah. or you can also um, ask for an advocate. So there are several options there. Yep, request, I'll just go through it. Request an advocate, mm -hmm. join a support group, Lead a CTPM support group, volunteer, become a faith-based advocate, church partnership, and business partnership. Oh, yeah. So a lot of options there. Lauren? Yes. And I was just going to say, if you're um, sit watching this today and you're listening and you think maybe you're in an abusive marriage and you feel confused and maybe I always say that we're made in the image of God and your body, whether you have the words for it or not, your body knows something's wrong. Mm. Your body knows you're in abuse and you may be feeling depressed and not understand why you're feeling so much of this. And I just invite you to reach out to calltopeace.org and um, schedule a consultation with one of our advocates. And it's free of charge. We offer all our service free of charge. And we can talk with you and help you discover if what you're facing really is abuse or is a marriage issue. Yeah. And if you're a church listening, I just implore you to please partner with us. And, and please reach out. We have Protect the Flock trainings. We would love to come host a training yeah. and help you to be able to impact future generations. Yeah. An abusive marriage, an abusive relationship. Yeah, I, either or. 
What's on the back of your phone, Lauren? Oh, it's a wing that says, hide me in the shadow of your wings. Where's that from? Um, from Psalm 17:8. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Yes. Which can be a reality. Yes. Right? You can it find is. peace in the midst of the storm. That's right. Yeah. How short are you from the 140? We are 37,000. 37,000. It's October 25th. So we have our work cut out for us, but the Lord still rules the universe with his feet up. So he's not worried. The only question is, is he calling you to be a part of it? Called2peace.org. C-A-L-L-E-D-T-O. Called2peace.org. I hope you'll partner with Joy and Lauren what the Lord is doing. Joy, Lauren, great to see you. Thanks for coming in. As Thank always. you. You're very we welcome. really appreciate it. You're welcome. This is Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward.